You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. On the show today, two big pieces of news over the weekend. One, a trade that is being billed as a potential game changer in the NFC playoff race and an agreement between the players and the owners on a number of key issues, particularly financial issues around what could happen this year with revenues, with fans not in seats as the league takes precautions against the threat of the coronavirus. We talk about how that could impact the Green Bay Packers in 2020 and beyond. But let's start the show today with the huge blockbuster trade over the weekend. The Seattle Seahawks stunned the NFL world by trading two firsts, Bradley McDougald, and a third-round pick to the New York Jets for Jamal Adams and a fourth-round pick. So it's basically two firsts and a starting safety for Jamal Adams and a pick swap. My first reaction was, why would Seattle do this? And before we get to that part of it, there is this idea that now Seattle becomes either you know the favorite in the NFC or it materially changes the future of their program in 2020. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why. And and the reason I don't understand why is because Jamal Adams is a very good player. Maybe even a great player. And I have seen the phrase future Hall of Famer thrown around a little too much. Uh, this is a guy who's played three seasons. Let's everyone pump the brakes on future Hall of Famer stuff. He's been an all-pro precisely one time and has never been on a team that has played games that matter. So let's just get that part of it out of the way. But the second part of it is he's a safety who is versatile. Yes, he can play deep. He can play in the middle. He can play in the box and he can play as a blitzer on the line of scrimmage. In fact, he's played more linebacker and on the line of scrimmage snaps, according to ESPN's charting data, than he has true safety snaps in his career. And so the idea is, oh, his versatility, it's such a boon for the Seahawks. 
except Seattle already had the best one-two punch at the linebacker position in football with K.J. Wright and, of course, Bobby Wagner. And they used their last first-round pick on Jordan Brooks, another linebacker. So if Jamal Adams is going to play in the box, what value does he really bring above what you're already getting from Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright? They're already a really good team in the middle of the field. What is your upgrade? And so if if you take Bradley McDougald, who was the, the starter before this, and let's just say he was a B-minus player, all right? And, and I think that's probably being a little uncharitable to him, but let's just say that that's what he is, a B-minus player. Okay, a B-minus. You're getting an A from Jamal Adams, and, and we're just going to assume that. He's an A. But what is the delta worth? What is the difference between those two worth? Because the Seahawks decided that that difference is worth two first-round picks and a pick swap with the third and fourth rounders. That is a huge difference. And Bill Barnwell in his column for ESPN pointed out that it's not just the, the draft picks. It's not just the money that they're now going to have to pay Jamal Adams. They're going to have to pay him a top-of-market safety contract. It is in real costs, the value of that first-round pick plus the safety. And in dollars, you're talking about 20-plus, 25-plus million dollars based on the, the monetary value of a first-round pick. So... Barnwell's conclusion was Jamal Adams has to essentially be the most valuable, the best non-quarterback player, player in the NFL in 2021, 2022, and beyond. Well, last season, his best year as a pro and the Jets' best defensive year since he's been in the league, according to Pro Football Reference's approximate value Metric, Jamal Adams was barely one of the top 40 players in football. According to Sports Info and Solutions, points saved metric, Jamal Adams was the eighth most valuable safety in the league last year. That gets you two firsts and a third, fourth pick swap, plus a starting safety. That is just too much. Now, the wisdom of this trade aside, this is, after all, a Packers show. How does this impact the NFC playoff picture? All of this was to say, I don't think it changes that much because I don't think the value add is there. He's not going to add so much more about, I mean, when you look at, okay, Khalil Mack, that, that's two first-round picks. And it wasn't even really, it was two firsts plus a second coming back. So it was really a first and then a pick swap. And they get Khalil Mack. Well, they didn't have another edge rusher anywhere near as good as Mack. Not even close. And they didn't have really a star defensive player at all. And Khalil Mack came in as an edge rusher and... 
fundamentally changed the defense because of the amount of tension that he creates for offenses and the amount of attention he draws from offensive lines. And you can look at the Jalen Ramsey trade and say, okay, similar situation for a great player, and it hasn't worked out so far from the Rams. He wasn't good last year. Laramie Tunsil was solid for the Texans, two first-round picks. I don't know, do they make that trade again? They were dragged for making that pick. And Laramie Tunsil played what is generally considered a priority position, whereas Jamal Adams plays safety. And as we discussed earlier, he's not even really a safety. He's really a linebacker. So let's think back to what happened in the playoff game. Green Bay jumps out to an early lead, a lead that they can't quite hold on to, but eventually hold off the Seahawks without having to score a bunch more points. But they they hold off a, a Seahawks rally to win. How does Jamal Adams change the outcome of that game? Seattle on the road in Green Bay. Now, the fans' situation, you know, that that changes things potentially. But look, by, by mid to late January, there could be a, an opportunity for, for fuller stadiums. We could have a vaccine by then, and who knows? The NFL wants their money. They could say, come back. Everyone come back. Think about what Devontae Adams did to Shaq Griffin and Trey Flowers and Quandre Diggs. These guys are on the roster. Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright played in those games. And you know who else played in that game? Jadavion Clowney. You know who's not currently on the Seahawks? Jadavion Clowney. You know who else isn't currently on the Seahawks? Any pass rusher worth even mentioning in this segment. So you look at a team that is saying, okay, we want to cover everyone, but we're not going to be able to get you off your spot. Maybe that is the best way to approach Aaron Rodgers. And and you say, okay, we're not going to rush him. We're just going to make him hold the ball and hold the ball, and hopefully he'll throw it away enough and not find open guys. Even if Quinton Dunbar can play, and we don't know right now if he can because he's facing armed robbery charges in one of the more bizarre stories, at least NFL stories of the offseason, certainly not one of the more bizarre stories we've seen in 2020 because 2020 is absolutely on just just drunk, just blackout, just hammered drunk. Let's each have a bottle of Jägermeister drunk. I mean, it, 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 it defies description at this point. Jamal Adams is not helping you cover Devontae Adams. He's just not. And he might help you stop Aaron Jones a little bit. And and Aaron Jones did have plenty of success against Seattle, but is he going to stop Aaron Jones at the goal line? Is he going to combat, you know, some of the 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 fun Tyler Irvin stuff that Matt LaFleur came up with? Maybe he's running with Jimmy Graham in the middle of the field instead of a linebacker, but maybe he's not because they trust Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright and those guys to do the thing. That's why this doesn't make sense to me. We're talking about the marginal difference between what you had and what you're getting. And to me, the difference is not worth it. It doesn't make them so much better that you have to do it. And more importantly, it doesn't even make you better than the team ahead of you in the division. I mean, does anyone think that Seattle trading for Jamal Adams makes them better than San Francisco now? Even in a year where fans aren't a thing, San Francisco is better. Player for player, they're better. 
And it's also worth noting, as Bill Barnwell does in his column, that no fans is a big deal for Seattle because their home field advantage was derived in large part from the fact that it was a, a cacophony at the clink. You went to CenturyLink and you were coming out with tinnitus. That's not going to be the case this year. So player for player, look at that roster. The offensive line is still not good. The defensive line is a joke. And at corner, Quinn Dunbar is a good player, had a, had a good year last year, I think is an underrated player generally. Might not play. If he doesn't play this secondary, the secondary is kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Quandre Diggs is a solid player, played well last year. Shaq Griffin is a solid player. It's not superstars, not field tilters. And you can say Jamal Adams is going to be Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor played with Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett in his prime, and he was made better by those guys. Earl Thomas ain't walking through that door. So I don't see how this fundamentally changes anything in the NFC. I don't think it it elevates Seattle. You know, the pro football focus guys were talking about it could be the difference between 11 and 12 wins. And that could have major repercussions. Yeah, in a normal year. In a normal year, that could mean that you're the three seed instead of the five seed. Except in the NFC West, where you're probably not going to pass San Francisco anyway. But home field advantage means less this year. Because you might not have one. Because there might not be fans in the seats. So now you have... One year that you might not even get to fully reap the benefits of the marginal difference. And then in 2021, you might have to pay that guy that you're not getting that much more productivity out of a bunch of money in a year where the cap could be falling significantly. And the impact of that is something we're going to talk about coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about rockauto.com because even though it is quarantine still for a lot of people, we still have to drive. We still have to get places. And that means your car could break down. Friend of mine, Ross Jackson, who you've heard on this podcast, had his bumper taken, stolen, and he had to replace it. Well, how are you going to do that in a pandemic? In a lot of places, you can't even go to a store to get a new part. You know where you can go. RockAuto.com. And the cool thing about Rock Auto is they're not going to jerk you around. All right. It's not one price for you and another price for a professional mechanic. It is one price, a low price, reliably low. And you get what you need. You pay for it. They send it to you. No questions asked. This is the easiest way to buy car parts. It is the 2020 way to buy car parts. All you need is an internet connection, no awkward conversation, no condescending sales associates, no weird red tape and no member login or anything like that. Just just go and click on the click on the thing. If you need it, click on it, buy it. This is goods and services. This is this is online shopping, just like anything else. You get your J Crew sweater, you, you get your, your bacon or whatever you get online. You can get your car parts. I, I, I buy bacon online. I've done it. I'm not going to lie. I bought meat online. And it was I'm worth it. I would do it again. 
Car parts can be the same thing for you. Right now, go to rockauto.com and see the best parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. So I know it's not everyone's favorite topic because it feels like an accounting class. But the salary cap issue is something that we have to talk about because it could have real implications for how the Packers put together a roster in 2021. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network reported over the weekend that the NFL has agreed to a number of stipulations with the NFLPA, opt-outs, opt-ins, um, the the Kansas City Chief Guard, um, Duvernay Tardif, decided to opt out. He is a doctor after all, and he said if he's going to risk his life, he's going to do it for his patients. Uh, they already replaced him with Kalashio Semele. That is a step in the right direction in terms of getting these issues resolved. The problem is that even though they did resolve the, the cap issue to a degree and decided to keep the cap in 2020 stable, what they did is decide that they're going to split potential losses over the next few years. And that's okay if a new media rights deal gets done ASAP. It's okay if Fox and CBS and NBC and ESPN and maybe Amazon gets in the mix. Maybe Google gets in the mix. This has been long rumored. Facebook gets in the mix if that's still an app on your phone. And they're able to recoup those losses. If it's not, the minimum salary cap for 2021 is going to be $175 million. The Packers have $184 million in total cap liabilities for 2021. Their top 51, which is the important number, is 182. In other words, they're over the cap already. Okay? Now, there aren't very many ways for them to get under the cap. They can cut Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey and save enough money to, to get under the cap with, with minimal dead cap um, you know, ramifications. And so that's a potential option, but then you don't have a right tackle and you don't have a starting inside linebacker. There just aren't that many options. Even the big nut that they have on their cap sheet, the Aaron Rodgers deal, we're talking about fewer than $5 million in savings. They're not going to cut Zadarius Smith to save the money. They're not going to cut Devontae Adams to save the money. They're not going to cut Preston Smith to save the money. So how are they going to get under the cap? Now, this could all be moot because there could be a new media deal and the money could come in and it could be that, oh, it's a flat cap for 2021. Great. That still has a number of ramifications for the Packers. They still have to pay Kenny Clark. They still have to make a decision on Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones. We assume they're going to pay Kenny Clark. We assume they're going to extend David Bakhtiari at some point soon. We, ex- we assume they're going to extend Devontae Adams at some point soon. And when you sign these deals, you can set it up. So it's funny money so that in 2021, you know, it's really only four or five million. And maybe you're able to do some, some cap shenanigans. But you have other guys on your roster who are already getting paid. You have other guys on your roster who already have guaranteed money, money that's going to hit your cap sheet next year. How are you dealing with all of that? And so you have to stack your roster and say, who are the guys that matter the most? Kevin King hitting free agency. That's why they need to know 
Shannon Sullivan, are you for real? Kadar Holman, could you be a starter? Josh Jackson, what do you have? They need to see it. And in a perfect world for Green Bay, I think Josh Jackson is the guy because it's just going to be cheaper. You'd rather have the cheaper option in all scenarios. Josh Jackson comes in this year, and in training camp, he just looks like a new guy. And Kevin King gets hurt in week two. Josh Jackson takes over, and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, Josh Jackson. Who knew? He's Richard Sherman. That's unrealistic, of course. But that's what you that's what you need. You need your rookies in these situations to come through. The thing about having good players on rookie contracts, though, is eventually they're not on rookie contracts anymore. Kenny Clark is going to want 15, 16, 17 plus million dollars. Aaron Jones is going to want eight, 10, 12 million dollars. Devontae Adams is going to want a close to, if not top of market receiver contract. And soon, David Bakhtiari is going to need a top of market offensive tackle contract soon. How do you deal with all of this? How do you figure all this out? I say all of that to bring this up, and I bring it up with some level of hesitation. But I think it's worth mentioning because these are unprecedented times, and I I wouldn't bring them up in normal circumstances, but these are, of course, not normal circumstances. We know Aaron Rodgers has a huge contract in 2021, and we've talked about the machinations that lead Green Bay to say, you know, maybe it's better to take the whole dead cap in 2021 and just move on. Here's the thing. There are enough teams out there who could use the shot in the arm, who could use Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, is still a very good football player, who would be willing to say, we'll take the guaranteed money. The Bears did this to an extent with Nick Foles. They said, give us the guaranteed money. So what if a team is willing to take on his $33 million of guaranteed money in 2021. And you're willing to get off of all of that and you feel like Jordan Love is ready to play. What if that's the calculation? What if that is the necessary calculation because of everything that's gone on? A team is willing to take on all the guaranteed money. Let's just say... I was going to say the 49ers, but I don't think Packer fans would go for that. Let's say the Jaguars... They miss out on Trevor Lawrence. They miss out on Justin Fields. They win just enough games to not have uh, a, a pick that gets them Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. They say, we'll take on all of that guaranteed money. And that allows Green Bay to extend Bakhtiari, to extend Devontae Adams, to sign Aaron Jones, to sign Kenny Clark, to sign Kevin King, and assuming Kevin King has a good season. Do you take that trade off if the reverse is keep Aaron Rodgers and four of those guys have to walk out the door? That's a difficult decision for a team like Green Bay to have to make. If you're Green Bay and you're competing for championships, you might just say, find me. I'll go over the cap. And I wonder if that's something that other teams will consider too. Sorry, we went over the cap. Find me. Because teams have been fine for it in the past. So, The Packers recorded record profits last year. 
Find us. Find us. We want to compete for a Super Bowl. Could be. Could be. Now, I don't think that the Packers would trade Aaron Rodgers just to save money. I think that they would trade him to save money and they think Jordan Love is ready. It would have to be both. If you think Jordan Love is the guy, then you can justify doing that. Look, one of the reasons I I said I would regret bringing this up or I, I brought it up with hesitation is I feel like so many of the conversations around this team devolve into, okay, what do you do with Aaron Rodgers and what's the situation with Jordan Love? But in this in this case, one of the only ways to resolve this is to look at the biggest cap. And that's Aaron by a country mile. You can't move on from Zadarius Smith. The guy is a monster. You can't move on from Devontae Adams. He's he's establishing himself as one of truly one of the best three or four receivers in football. Maybe Preston Smith becomes a trade candidate and and you can get off some of that money. Maybe you're fine moving on from Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey and just plugging in whoever. I think those are all reasonable options. You're fine letting Kevin King walk. You're fine letting Corey Lindsley walk. You find a way to finagle the money. So in 2021, Kenny Clark's making like $500,000 and you can make it all work. There are ways to do it for sure. I'm just saying if you're going to look at the, the most impactful way to take care of a situation like that where you have money issues, someone taking on the guaranteed money of Aaron Rodgers, some, if someone's trading for him, they want him, and they would take on the money. I just think it's something worth bringing up. Not that I want to inject any kind of negativity in your life. That's that's not what I'm here for. It's just something that I thought of. And again, it is it is the single biggest outlay of money that Green Bay is going to make in 2021 by a lot. And so it's it's worth discussing, at least in my opinion. So while I don't think it's likely, I still think the most the most likely scenario is that they are able to get a meteorites deal done. Uh, you know, they have until basically the eleventh hour to do that. Um, they can set the salary cap whenever they want. I mean, this is this is all just fake. I mean, there's no laws. This is this is not the government, and even laws you can change. So uh, we we have as a an NFL viewing public, we have until the league year opens in 2021 to figure something out. And I I would assume the league will do that. The owners don't want low salary cap numbers, meaning that good players can walk, even though if they like low numbers in a vacuum. And certainly the NFLPA wants to make sure that those numbers are as big as possible. If there are ways to smooth the cap, I mean, the NBA should have done it rather than the bubble that allowed the Warriors to sign Kevin Durant. I think the NFL will figure this out, but certainly I've been wrong about that before. So Something something to keep an eye on, and I, I know finances are not everyone's favorite topic, but these have real implications for what can go on with the team moving forward. All right, training camp, theoretically, theoretically opens this week. So uh, hopefully that happens. Hopefully, you know, all of the, the COVID tests come back negative. We're able to move forward now that the NFL and the NFLPA have, have worked out a lot of the financials. Presumably, it is easier to do all of that. And, of course, we will discuss what happens at training camp the best we can. We will also have a number of guests. I want to talk some fantasy football. I want to do some season previews. 
I want to do a lot of different stuff. Um, I, I got a lot of really great responses to what we did last week. A, a non-traditional week for us, to be sure. A lot of interviews and a lot of different kinds of interviews. Jess Kleinschmidt talking baseball. You know, we had Scotty Smith talking uh, strength training and the rookies. And then we had Drew Lieberman talking receiver training and Devontae Adams and running routes and the nuances of playing the position. So these are the kinds of things I want to try and bring us more as we as we move forward here. Stuff that I just, I don't hear on other podcasts and I don't think you're hearing. So if there's stuff that you want to hear, you know, that, that is beyond the sort of obvious, hey, we want to hear from players more, we want to hear from coaches more, and maybe you don't. Let me know what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Hit me up on the podcast at Locked on Packers. Hit me up on Facebook at Locked on Packers. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.